Good morning, folks. Good morning. <laughs> Would you stand and sing with us, please? everybody. Happy second Sunday of Lent, and we welcome you to worship. And hello to the folks sitting outside and to those listening on the radio. Give us a wave or a toot if you're here. <laughs> it's so good to see and hear from you guys this morning. <laughs> Burke Elementary was most appreciative of the children's underwear we provided them. And just so you know, you do make a difference. There will be an administrative board meeting on March the 9th at 6.30. And we're preparing for Easter. So we have a church cleanup day on Saturday the 13th at 9 o'clock. You should be able to find a list of projects in the Welcome Center. They're planning on the egg hunt to be on Palm Sunday. Could you please consider contributing individually wrapped non-chocolate candy? And there will be an egg stuffing party on the 21st, immediately after worship. And we're doing something a little bit different this year. We're going to have a bring-your-own-lunch picnic after the egg hunt. So bring your, your kids, your grandkids, and let's have a little fun. Mobility Worldwide provides individual hand-cranked transportation vehicles to those in developing countries who are unable to walk. 
I don't know if you saw the unit that we have outside when you came in, but we have an example of what we build to send to them. And we will be collecting for this ministry through April the 4th. Our communion offering next week will benefit the United Methodist Committee on Relief. And I forgot one more thing about Easter. The Easter lilies, if you'd like to purchase them to help decorate the sanctuary, there's a card out on the welcome desk, and they're $10 each for donation, and we're taking those today and next Sunday. Are we going to the next Sunday as well? Yes? Okay. And as always, please continue to make reservations for indoor worship with the office by noon on Wednesdays. No reservations needed for outside worship. That's all I have. The first scripture today comes from Genesis 17, verses 1 through 7 and 15 through 16. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. The word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in an attitude of prayer. God of life, we thank you for the gift of life and for all the gifts you give us. Fill our hearts with the things that make life so good, faith, hope, and love. Lord, we admit that we have not always lived lives of love. We ask that you forgive and heal us, empty us of fear and shame, and fill us with love that is patient and kind. Open our eyes and our understandings so as we hear your word of faith, we may share that faith with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow that it is to see all of you here on this beautiful summer morning. You know, it's pretty amazing what we, what we had a uh, week before last. Now we could turn on the air conditioner, huh? Uh, let's pray. Merciful and loving God, we do thank you. We thank you for all that you bless us with. We thank you with the cold temperatures and the warm temperatures, the snow and the rain and all that's associated with it because they are all part of your beautiful creation. Lord, we do lift up those who are still inconvenienced because of the cold weather week before last. We lift up those who need their lives back to normal. Lord, we lift up all of those who have recently lost loved ones. We ask that you would surround them with your love and comfort them. Lord, we, we lift up any anywhere who need healing. We ask that you would touch them and make them whole. We lift up those that are in parts of the world where there is violence. We lift up those who don't have clean water or enough to eat or adequate shelter. We lift up those who are unemployed or underemployed. And Lord, we ask that you would guide all of us your Holy Spirit. Open our ears and our hearts today as your word is proclaimed. Let us always remember that our proper relationship to you is one of trust. Trust that was demonstrated so well by your Son who taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear and remember that God is able. God is able, right? Whether anybody else or anything else is, God is always able. And as I often do, I want to remind us of the basics. When we stick to the basics, everything's okay. And everything really does run by the basics, like the basics of temperature, right? You know, uh, that's something that's we've all recently thought about. What is temperature anyway? Temperature is a measure of molecular motion. That's what it is. We talk about it all the time, but sometimes we don't think about it. And we do that with many things in our lives. 
I believe. We talk about them, but we don't think about what they really are. A lot of the molecules were moving pretty slow week before last, right? What is faith? We're going to talk about faith this morning. We're going to talk about Father Abraham, Susan Red from Genesis chapter 17 about Abraham. And we have the definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But what is it when you really put it into action or you really use it? I think it's real simple, really. Like I said, I think most things are simple. We complicate them. Faith, I believe, is simply trust in God. And that trust is backed up with or substantiated by, we might say, our minds, that is our reason, and our actions, right? What we do, our experience. That's what faith is. And faith is very, very real. Faith sometimes gets confused with belief. Don't make that mistake. There's a difference between faith and belief. Faith in God, trust in God is real and true and something that God gives everybody. We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a second. Belief doesn't have anything to do with truth necessarily. I would argue that every one of us in here believes something that's not true. I don't know what it is for you, and I don't know what it is for me either. If I knew what it was for me, I wouldn't believe it anymore, right? But belief doesn't have anything to do with the truth necessarily. There are many, many people who believe wrong things, including most of, most of us. Faith is true. It's real. Just like the only reality is God and the kingdom of God. That's reality. And that's what Jesus demonstrated. And that's what Abraham demonstrated. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's epistle to the church in Rome. The fourth chapter, and we will start with verse 13 and read to the end of the chapter. Consider the word of the Lord. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise might rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. 
That's what Susan just read in Genesis chapter 17. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said. So numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith, and he gave glory to God, being convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespass, and he was raised for our justification. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. God, God who created the heavens and the earth and all that's in them, God that created us to have absolute dependence upon you, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. This is one of those passages that Paul writes that is chunked full of stuff, but I'm going to keep it focused today or try to keep it focused on the fact that God is able. God is able, just like it said there. God is able to do what God promised to do. And if we all just remember that and live that out, then we're okay. You know, everybody has faith. Did you know that? Everybody has faith. But the question is, is what everybody has faith in, all right? What does everybody have faith in? Is it in God or is it in something else? Now, this particular passage there in verse 13 starts out that the promise that he would inherit the earth didn't come through the law, but through faith. We have to keep things in order, and sometimes that's hard to do for us, right? When Abram was around, there wasn't any law. The law didn't come about for about another 400 years after Abraham was alive, right? See, the law says, or people who are adherents to the law, you know, this is, this is the old faith and works dichotomy. If you do this, you get this. And that's the way works 
work. It's just, it's just like each and every one of us that, that still have a job, right? I know, I know some of you are of, you know, retired. But for those of us who still have a job, you get paid wages for your job, right? You do something, you get your wages. That's not the way faith in God works. It's a gift from God. Abraham didn't follow any particular code of ethics. He was just blessed by God. And he believed God. God made the promise and God was able to carry through the promise. Now, I said a minute ago, I'd say something too about God giving all of us faith. God first made the promise to Abraham to Abram, actually, in Genesis chapter 12. He told him that he would be the father of nations at that particular point. In Romans, a few chapters down here, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, 3, it says God gives everybody a measure of faith. So again, everybody has faith. It's a gift from God. We all get it. And, the, and again, the, the, the academic question is, is what do we put our faith in? What do we put our faith in? Abram put his faith in God because he knew God was able to do what he said he would do. And then it says, God who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence. Or in some translations it says calls things that are not as though they were. As though they were. Hmm. Interesting. And of course that all ties in with Genesis chapter 1 when God created things. But it also specifically is talking about Abram and Sarai. There in Genesis chapter 17, Abram was uh, getting on up in years. You know? Or as some of us might say, he already had one foot in the grave, right? He's the dead that God is referring to there at that particular moment. He and Sarah, because she was past childbearing age. But that's nothing for God. God is able. God created the entire universe and everything we see. God gave Abraham his faith. Now, this deal about calling things that aren't as though they were, you see, that's, that, that ties, again, right in there with chapter 17. Because, again, in chapter 17, that's where Abram's name gets changed to Abraham. And that's where Sarai's name gets changed to Sarah. What's going on there? What's going on there? Abram means exalted father. Abraham means the father of many, of many. Just as Sarah means exalted, actually exalted princess. But Sarah means the mother of many. And there she is, right? 90 years old. Who'd have thunk it? 
It'd be on the cover of the Enquirer, right? For sure. If it was, you know, if it if it happened today, you know, you'd be standing there in the in the checkout line and uh, look over at the Enquirer and right under the place where the space aliens had had a conference with somebody. There, there be there it is. Ninety-year-old woman gives birth, right, to triplets, probably, or some or, or something like that. But the point is, the point is again, God is able to do what God said God would do. And it says there that was that was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness. He was righteous because he trusted God. He trusted God. That's what it's all about. Even though, you know, again, there you are. And if you read the whole story and everything else, of course, you know, he got impatient and did some other things that weren't that great to do. Bottom line, bottom line, he trusted God. He trusted God in everything that he did. And it said, because he believed that God was able to do what God had promised. Now, I said that God gave us all a measure of faith. And in fact, Paul said that, like I said a few minutes ago, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, an allotment is made to each of us. Of faith. Abraham used his allotment and grew it. Since we are in the second Sunday of Lent and we are getting ready for our Lord's crucifixion and resurrection, and we're talking about God giving life to the dead. Of course, he, he certainly gave life to the dead in the, in the case of Jesus when he was raised from the dead. But there was, y'all remember there in Luke chapter 17, this is right after, this is right after Peter says, well, you know, if somebody sins against me, how many times should I forgive them? Should I forgive them seven times? You know, and Jesus said, you know, seven times seven times, or 70 times seven times, depending upon how you look at the translation. That's Luke 17, 4. But Luke 17, 5, you know what Luke 17, 5 says? I'll tell you. It says, and the disciples said to him, Lord, increase our faith. Hmm. The implication there is, or one of the implications there is, is that it takes a lot of faith to keep to keep forgiving people, right? And I'd say that's probably true. But again, we have to what? Trust God, because God is able. Y'all remember how Jesus answered that question? In Luke's version, he says to his disciples, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, right, you would say to this mulberry tree, be plucked up and cast into the sea, and it would happen. That's an interesting answer, isn't it? Jesus had a lot of interesting answers. That's an interesting answer for the disciples when they, say to, when they ask him to increase their faith. What's he saying? Have you thought about that? It's like that Brill Cream commercial. 
Y'all remember Brill Cream? I know some of you remember it, but you don't need it anymore, right? The Brill Cream, Brill Cream's little, little, little ditty, their little elevator speech, their motto was, what? A little dab will do you. A little dab will do you, right? That's what Jesus was telling his disciples. A little dab will do you. If you take what you've got and use it, that's all you need. That's all you need. Or maybe not, maybe it's wrong to say that's all you need, but if you take what you got and you use it, you can do amazing things. And if you keep using it, it, it did say that Abraham's faith grew, then you get stronger in it, and it gets bigger, and it is more. That's how you increase your faith. You use what you've got. You use what you've got. That's all it takes. Another way to look at it is like this window over here. And you can't, y'all can't see, but I can see this, this, the windows in the door here. Now, the windows in the door are considerably smaller than the windows that are along the side of the building here. But that's kind of how faith is, too. You can see through it. You can see through this little window up here, or you can see through that large window. But you've still got to look out the window to see. And there are situations where you might have a very, very small window, but you can still see what's out there if you look through it, if you look through it. And again, that's what, that's what I believe Jesus was telling his disciples. He said, if you use the little bit of faith you have, you can do amazing things. Matthew said it in, 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 in Matthew chapter 21. He said it different. Matthew says, Jesus says what? If you say to this mountain, be picked up and cast into the sea, it'll happen. It'll happen. But you have to act as if it's going to work. Which takes us back to Abram, right? When God said, get up and go from here to a place that I'm going to show you, he did it. He did it. He put the action with it. And when God said, take your son there, your only son, Isaac, and go up there on Mount Moriah and use him for a sacrifice, Abraham did it, right? He didn't question. He got the wood. He got the fire. He got the knife. He got the kid. And he headed up there, right? He headed up there. Why? Because it tells us there, too, that Abraham knew. He knew. See, again, faith is knowing. It's knowing. It's not a belief. It's a knowing. Knowledge is true. Faith is true. Belief may not be true. Abraham knew, and he knew that if God really did have him go ahead and kill Isaac, that's okay. God could raise him from the dead, just like God raised Jesus from the dead. So if you want to have faith like Abraham, be certain 
that God is able to do what God promised. Amen. Y'all go in peace. And as you go, remember, our relationship, our proper relationship with God is simply to trust God, to trust God, and know that God is able. And as you go and do that, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.